Today we have a very special edition of the Driving with Rob podcast. This is Driving with Rob while stuck in traffic. We all get stuck in traffic, right? But this is unbelievable. I have lived in this town for 50 plus years. I have never seen traffic like this. What had happened was there's a tanker truck on the four lane, new Highway 16, that apparently flipped over and subsequently caught fire. So all the four lane traffic has been diverted to the two lane business Highway 16. And so far it has taken me an hour and 15 minutes to go two miles. Literally two miles. And you try to chill and you try to try to be cool about it and you try to listen to music but you know when you see the desperate moves that some of these people are making to try to get out of this mess and there is literally nowhere to go. Unless you are going off-road and driving around on the grass there is no way to get around this mess. And what is particularly frustrating is my house is on Highway 16. I literally have no choice but to stay on this road and to ride for as long as it takes for me to get home. I called my wife earlier to tell her what was going on and I kind of jokingly said that I may be home by dark. It's not as funny now as it was when I first said it. Literally, hour and 15 minutes to go two miles. Ellen, look at this guy up here. Come on, man. Really. Do you really think that you can just merge in on top of everybody else. Nobody's moving. There's no place for you to go. And that was my phone, just beeping. I'm turning my music back on. And I may get into copyright laws, but I don't care. It's Merle Haggard. I don't know how much of this music you can you can hear, <laughs> but I'm listening to Merle Haggard, Mama Tried. I heard somebody, well actually it was one of my sons, threatening to get a tattoo that said Mama Tried. I said, boy, don't even think about it. Oh, he laughed hysterically. He thought that was funny. I said, do not get a Mama Tried tattoo. Even people in prison don't have a Mama Tried tattoo. Alright, now we're on a steep incline trying to make it to this next stoplight. The cool thing about making it to this next stoplight, you know, you have little, little, uh, 
landmarks. You know, if I make it here, then I've only got so much more to go. If I make it there, I've only got so much more to go. The cool thing about this one stoplight that I've been looking at for the last 15 minutes and can't get to, once I get to this stoplight, is where you get to the lane ends sign. So that all these people who thought that they were being smart and getting in this this overflow lane and going to weasel their way back into traffic, I won't have to look at them anymore. And I see this whole row of idiots sitting over here with their turn signal on like, why would anybody let you in? We've all been sitting in this traffic for an hour or more. Nobody's going to let you in. Who are you kidding? But anyway, I made myself a CD. And yes, I have an old truck and it still has a CD player. But I was watching the the history of country music and this history of country music is one of the one of the best is one of the best miniseries I ever watched. Because you forget how much country music actually touched your life. You know, especially if you live in the country. You know, city folks can't understand it. But ever since I saw the history of country music, it's, it's made me nostalgic for the old songs. So I actually made myself a CD. I actually burned myself a CD with some Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard. There's a couple of Buck Owens songs on there. Because you forget how good that music actually was. But that's what we're grooving on now. So we're coming up on the hook now. Like I say, I may get into copyright infringement, but you know. The worst they can do, right, is have me pull the episode and not let me play it anymore. But I'm telling you what, it don't get much better than, than William Whalen and Merle Haggard. And I heard a, uh, a disc jockey one time, many, many years ago, I think this was... Uh, recorded in the late 70s. There was this disc jockey. He was, I, I think he was actually voted best disc jockey in America in 1978. And it was not long after that that this, uh, this little soundbite I heard was recorded. And it was a guy named Larry Lujak. And Larry Lujak was the morning drive disc jockey on WLS... Chicago. And on this interview, they ask him about the music. And those of us who have actually been in radio know what the deal is with the music. The disc jockey doesn't pick his own music. They give you a playlist and you have to play songs from the playlist. And his particular show was, uh, at the time, it was a top 40 station. And the top 40, if you're old enough to remember the top 40, it was the top 40 best-selling songs 
of the week, and that was your top 40. Casey Kasem did a radio show called America's Top 40. But anyway, he said, yeah, everybody thinks that I pick my own music. He says, I don't pick my own music. Somebody picks it for me, and they tell me what to play. And he says, and they call the format Top 40. He said, it's actually not the Top 40. It's like the Top 10, and you play them over and over and over. And the quote from Larry Lujak that, that I really liked and remember. He said, if I played the music that I wanted to play, I'd play nothing but Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard. But there ain't no money playing Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard, so I play rock and roll. But that was my shout out to the to the to the legendary Larry Lujak. Sometimes I miss radio. That's the reason I'm doing a podcast. And when I was actually doing radio, I sounded a lot more professional than I do now. And I remember I rolled up into the studio uh, one afternoon as the, the afternoon drive guy was wrapping up. Uh, I think I was doing the, the fill-in for the nighttime guy who did, I think it was 6 to midnight, maybe 7 to midnight or whatever. And uh, this was on a Monday afternoon. And there was a disc jockey at the time of the radio station named John David Wells. John David Wells had one of the best voices of any radio person I'd ever heard. And so I rolled up in the studio and he's, uh, you know, playing a song, you know, he says, hey, how you doing? And uh, we chatted for, uh, for a minute or two and he said, do you have a family reunion this weekend? I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. How'd you know? He said, your accent came back. Back in the day, I could make my accent go away if I had to. But honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with a southern accent on the radio. And I don't have a very pronounced southern accent. But it is there, and I don't necessarily try to hide it. But I was working for this uh, company one time. They were actually based in Germany. Well, they sent me to Germany for two weeks because they wanted me to go to the factory and meet the guys that worked, you know, at the at the company headquarters and that kind of stuff. And they put me with this guy named Johan. And Johan was like my, my tour guide or my keeper or whatever the whole time I was in Germany. And one day he said to me, after, after, after I'd been there for a couple of days, he said, you speak very good English. And I just kind of laughed. I said, so do you. And he says, no, what I mean is I have met many people from the North Carolina office. 
And some of those guys I can't understand. And I, I said, yeah, I know what you mean. It's their southern accent. It's their, their local accent. But whenever I speak to, to foreigners, I try to, to speak as properly as I can because I know that's the way they learned English. And that's the way Johan had learned English. He learned proper English and the proper way of speaking and the proper way of pronouncing words. So I do try to, to use proper English and proper pronunciation when I'm working with somebody for whom... English is a second language. Because I figure these guys have a hard enough time trying to understand English without trying to understand a southern accent. But oddly enough, when I was in Germany, oh, there goes a sheriff's deputy. Why weren't you here an hour ago directing traffic? Where have you been? Anyway. Our local law enforcement shows up. And he's probably going to the tanker fire. He's probably not coming to direct traffic. He should, but he's probably not. Nope, there he goes. He's making the turn. But anyway. Since I started this podcast, I have gone approximately a 1,000 feet. Literally a thousand feet. Maybe not that far. I don't think I've gone the length of a football field. <laughs> this is insane. This may be the longest podcast I've ever done. This may be the longest podcast I've ever done. But, you know, the podcast is Driving with Rob. So this is what it's like to drive with me when you're stuck in traffic. going to take a drink of water. I've been in the truck for quite some time now. <sighs> Was that a disgusting swallowing sound for you? And I may not even edit this thing. I may just let it run in its entirety. for your listening pleasure. What have we got coming up on the CD next? Oh, Poncho and Lefty. No, The Highwayman. Along the coach roads I did ride. Another cool outlaw song. Sword and pistol by my side. But I'm doing a podcast. I ain't got time to listen to music. Here we are. do dee do dee do and the sun is going down. The sun's already down. It's starting to get dark. I was kidding when I said I might be home by dark. Holy cow. I am really disappointed in law enforcement for not directing traffic through this mess. Because I know the reason traffic is not flowing. You know, number one, they've detoured all the, the four-lane traffic onto the two-lane road. You know, that's part of it. But on the two-lane road, there's a lot of stoplights. And I think if we had somebody directing traffic...
I think it would flow a lot better. Because that's what's killing you. You know, you got literally a hundred cars backed up at a stoplight so two people can come out of Wendy's. You know, and I think when, when traffic is this bad, if you pull over at a fast food place, you should just plan on spending the night there. Because there's no way you're getting back out in traffic. I almost pulled over myself. And I told my wife when I called her a little while ago that if I pulled over, I probably wouldn't be home till 10 o'clock tonight. And it's quarter till six now, you know. But I mean, literally, that's how slow traffic is moving. It might, it might take me another hour. I've got about two miles to go to my house and it may literally take me another hour to go that far. This is just insane. But here we are, and what are you going to do? I still haven't made it to this uh, traffic signal yet. I still haven't made it to this stoplight yet. But I really think, you know, traffic will probably still be crawling, but it'll be crawling faster once we get past this place that lets people come up beside you in the other lane and hit their signal light, their turn signal. Because once I get through this signal light, they can't come over into my lane anymore. Then we are literally down to a two-lane road again. But here we sit. So what else can I tell you about? What else can we talk about today while I'm stuck in traffic and nothing to do, nowhere to go? Fortunately, I went to the bathroom before I started this little sojourn. Or this trip could get really tense. And you know, I am a 57-year-old man. I have a prostate the size of a grapefruit. And all the commercials for prostate medicine call it urgency. Trust me, there is an urgency. When your body decides it's time for you to make water, they don't have time to run it by Miss Daisy. When your body says it's time to make water, it's time to make water. But fortunately, we're not having that issue right now because it may literally be another hour before I get home. Okay, there's one car between me and this stoplight. So things are looking up. Things are about to get better. Well, 
relatively. And see, here's another guy dweezling over in the lane. You know what? I'm just going to pull forward and block the intersection. I don't even care. I don't even care. I made it this far. I'm pulling forward. I don't even care. Come and get me. And there's the last remnants of the people with their turn signal on trying to get in this lane, which is not moving. And there he is. Yay, I made it to Wendy's. Well, I'm crawling past Wendy's. So I'm a mile and eight-tenths away from home now. A mile and eight-tenths. I don't know if I can do a podcast for a whole hour. I don't know if I can continue to talk for a whole hour. We'll see. This might be a, a grand experiment just to see if I can do it. But I do have almost a full charge on my... <laughs> Come on. Come on, dude. Really? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Did you really think that you're going to go a lot faster by getting over in that lane? Seriously? Oh, the ignorance of some people never ceases to amaze me. Oh, and here's a guy going to try to make a lift. Good luck with all of that. Oh, it's a chick. If you were cuter, I'd let you out. But anyway, this may be a grand experiment to see if I can talk all the way home. I'm not letting her out. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> that was so mean. That was so mean and just completely uncalled for. But this is kind of what it's like to be stuck in traffic with me. All right, Honda Civic, go on. People are actually moving. And there is maybe the smartest person I've seen today. It's a kid on a bicycle. <laughs> you maybe can't get there by car, but you can get there on a bike. Oh, and here's this guy. He's going to go no matter what. i got to get out. You'll be fine. And I don't mean to have this, this complete lull in the broadcast. Like I said, I'm threatening to not even edit it. Just just put it up. Oh, here's Don Williams. I like Don Williams. Don Williams as well. And Don Williams, you know, is so uh, underrated. He had one of the smoothest voices in country music back in the the 70s and 80s early 80s 
And I was watching TV just the other night, and an Urban Cowboy came on. The movie Urban Cowboy with, uh, I think it's Deborah Winger. Is that who was in it? And John Travolta. But anyway, I was trying to explain to my daughter about how back in the late 70s, early 80s, it's like the the end of the disco era kind of dovetailed into the urban cowboy thing. Because back in the in the early 80s, I had two or three different pairs of cowboy boots. You know, uh, late 70s even, I had this uh, this suede vest. You know, it was, it was all about being a cowboy back then. The only thing I was missing was the cow. Actually, I didn't have a horse either. But yeah, I had all the cowboy paraphernalia. I could deck out, you know. And just go and be a cowboy. Oh, no. I forgot about this other fly in the ointment. See, there's a road near where I live called Pilot Knob. Well, Pilot Knob Road should have never been designed the way it's been designed because there have been more accidents at Pilot Knob Road, I think, than, than any other road in, in North Carolina because it's a yield. And it's not a curving yield. It's like almost like a, a tangent line into the main highway. And people come bailing off of that thing. Going 40, 50 miles an hour and just jump straight into the traffic stream like nothing ever happened. And I forgot that we're coming up on Pilot Knob Road. So here's another fly in the ointment. Here is another place where people think they're being smart by going that way. By going around Pilot Knob Road. Dude, are you seriously trying to turn? Are you seriously wanting to get off this highway? You're a moron. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I don't care. And look at this dude here. Come on, man. Come on, what is your problem, dude? Cherokee. That's a Cherokee? Looks like a Buick. You know, and that's another thing about cars. You see these Buick commercials, the new, uh, the new uh, Buick marketing scheme is it doesn't look like a Buick. Well, it doesn't look like a Buick from the 1970s, but pretty much all cars now have got that that boxy, you know, it's not quite a minivan, it's not quite a sport utility hatchback looking thing. I don't know. I don't even know what you call it. I don't know if there's if there's even a name for it. But they all look alike. So, if they all look alike, why don't you get a Hyundai? You know, Mercedes makes a vehicle that looks just like it. And every time I see one of these uh, Mercedes sport utility looking vehicles, I think to myself, why don't you just save yourself $50,000 and buy a Hyundai? 
If I want a Mercedes, I want it to look like a Mercedes. I want everybody to know I'm driving a Mercedes. You know, you don't see Ferrari coming out with something like that. But you know, it's like guns. I, you know, and I, I equate this to guns. I think, I don't think all of my boys, but most of my sons have concealed carry permits now. And the big thing for them is to get the smallest gun they can possibly get because it's easier to conceal. But you see, I don't want a concealed carry license. I want to open carry. And I want the biggest gun I can possibly get because I want there to be no doubt that I am carrying a gun. Don't start anything with me because I'm carrying a gun and I know how to use it. You know? I told my son I'd like to have one of those big desert eagles. You know? One of these big giant sidearms. You know? It's like having a miniature cannon strapped to your side or something. Yeah, I don't want to conceal carry. I want people to know I'm carrying a gun if I'm carrying a gun. I talked to this guy one time, and I don't carry a gun, like, ever. Unless I'm out in the woods or I'm hunting or something like that, you know. Then, you know, I like to shoot and I like to have a gun, but I, I don't want to carry a gun with me everywhere I go because I'm afraid I'll shoot somebody. You know, especially when you're stuck in traffic like this. I'm surprised somebody hadn't pulled out a gun already. And maybe they have. I just haven't gotten that far down the road yet. But yeah, if I'm going to carry a gun, I want there to be no doubt that I have a gun. I want you to know I've got a gun. Because I'm assuming if you know I have a gun and you pull a gun out, you're ready for a gunfight. You're ready to shoot at somebody while being shot at. If you know I have a gun and you pull one out anyway. But anyway, that's enough about guns. I don't want you to think I'm a gun nut or something. But I do have guns. And I like guns, and I like to shoot. And again, I'm not 100% sure that it don't have something to do with the, the urban cowboy movement of the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, see, here we are. Now, I'm close enough to Pilot Knob Road that I can see all these cars backed up on Pilot Knob Road. See, Pilot Knob is kind of a, a little, it's not really a cut through road, it's like a cut around road. That if, if the major highway is really, really in bad shape, you can go around Pilot Knob Road. And all these people think that they're smarter than everybody else. See, I'm going to go down Pilot Knob Road because somebody will let me out. I ain't letting you out. I really wish the state of North Carolina didn't make you carry car insurance. 
Because if they didn't, I swear to you, I'd use my truck like a battering ram. Pull out at your own risk. I'd have spikes on it, man. It would be like the Road Warrior or something. I'd have big cast iron spikes sticking out. Oh, you, oh, oh. Seriously, dude, seriously. This was your plan. Oh my God. Guy just bails out on top of me. See, like I said, if I didn't have to have car insurance, I'd have a battering ram with big iron spikes on it. And somebody going way too fast in the turn lane. I know you're in a hurry. We're all in a hurry, but guess what? It don't help you to be in a hurry at this point. No way. Dude, I'm up to 30 miles an hour now. No way. 30 miles an hour. Maybe local law enforcement did finally wise up and start directing. Nope, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. We're all stopped again. Well, it was fun while it lasted. I went approximately two tenths of a mile at 30 miles an hour. And now, you know, the place that I left from before I got in this, this traffic mess is four miles from my house. Four miles. Almost exactly four miles. I've been driving for an hour and 45 minutes. If you want to call it driving. It's been mainly just stopped. Wishing I could drive. Hour and 45 minutes. I'm not home yet. I'm not home yet. I've got at least another mile to go. So, you know why I was excited to be going 35 miles an hour. Or 30 miles an hour. No matter how briefly it was. Yep, I had to turn on my headlights. I left at 4.15. It is now 6.04. Four miles. So far I've gone about three. But traffic is moving briefly. So that's a good sign. And one of the most irritating, frustrating things is because there's a long, almost straight stretch of road in front of my house. When I get to the point that I can see my house and traffic is stopped, that drives me crazy. That drives me crazy. And now don't get me wrong, traffic on business Highway 16 is always bad, but it's never like this. You divert that four lane onto the two lane. 
and it goes from bad to exponentially worse. But at least traffic is moving. It's like, like normal traffic back up now. Since I got past the place where these other people can, can merge into my lane and merge into traffic. What are we up to on the CD now? Oh, there's Hank Jr. All my rowdy friends have settled down. But I know what's going to happen because I'm, I've been stuck in traffic for so long and I'm getting, and honestly, I'm getting a little hungry. And the wife says, come on home. I have food for you. Don't stop somewhere. Just tough it out. Come home. I said, okay, I'm coming home. And what's going to happen is because I have allowed myself to become way more hungry than I should have been. I'm going to eat like a field hand when I do sit down and start to eat. And 15 minutes after I finish supper, as likely as not, I'll be asleep in the recliner. And see and check it out, it's, it's 6.07 now. I'm gonna miss the news. And I like watching the news. I like watching the six o'clock news. Because I was going to, I was depending on the six o'clock news to tell me what really happened. Why are me and a couple thousand of my closest friends having to endure this traffic mess? Well, now I'll never know because I won't be able to see the news. because the news will be over by the time I get home. But I guess that's an old person thing like in to watch the news. Like the way my, my dad and my grandfather used to read the newspaper. I still like to watch the local news. My kids could not care less about the news. They never watch the news. You know, they'll come into the living room and say, what are you watching? Uh, you're watching the news. I'm like, yeah, it's time for the news. That's what we do at six o'clock. But the local news I still like. As I mentioned in a previous podcast, I don't really care for the the national network news because they're the the national network news is so obsessed with getting Trump out of office that that's all they have to talk about. And my wife, bless her heart asked for and received a Trump yard sign. You know, those little two foot by two foot signs with the little wire legs that you stick into the ground. Well, she asked the uh, 
the local Republican Party if she could have one. And they sent her one. And I said, are you sure you want to put this out in the yard? And she said, why? And I said, because I don't want people throwing eggs at my house. She said, don't you support Trump? I said, yes, I support Trump. But I'm not 100% sure I want to pay the price for supporting Trump. There's a reason they do secret ballots, you know. All right, here I am. I can see my house. I could literally throw a rock. Oh, no way. Traffic's moving. Okay, I'm in the driveway. Yay. All right. This concludes this special edition of Driving with Rob, subtitled Rob Stuck in Traffic. And this has kind of been a, uh, a self-serving thing because I had nothing else to do. And fortunately, I didn't start this podcast when I started driving today. Or it would have been a two-hour podcast. Okay? 6-11, almost exactly two hours. All right. Thanks for listening. And I promise you, the next podcast will be more like my standard podcast. Unless you like this one better. If you like this one better, let me know. And this is the kind of podcast I'll start doing. Um, you can send me an email, drivingwithrob, the number one, at yahoo.com. And I will try to respond to you if you want to send me an email. Let me know how you like the show. Let me know if you like the show. You can comment. There should be a, a little button that lets you comment. Uh, click on like, leave me a comment. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.